This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, my precious family. Good morning, family. Good morning, family. Good morning, family. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's such a wonderful opportunity. I'm so blessed. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I'm elated. I'm jubilant. I'm rejoicing because I'm with you this morning. I'm with you and you came to church and we're going to have a wonderful time in His presence this morning. Apostle Theo sends his love to each and every one of you. So does Natalie and Candice and all the staff in Christian Family Church San Antonio. This weekend, we are handing out oranges to each person because um, Apostle Theo said, you've got to stay, get your vitamin C, so you've got to eat your oranges. And you know, I want you to know that the coronavirus, when it comes into my atmosphere, it dies instantly. It dies instantly. I can go anywhere. Praise the Lord. I can go anywhere. I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk in the precious blood of the Lamb. And when the coronavirus even comes near me, it dies instantly. And the coronavirus, it dies instantly in your presence. So rejoice, family. Walk in fear. Walk in faith. And you will not have any fear because we have the armor of God on us this morning. Well, before we go into the message, I'm going to um, call it a canal here this morning. We are going to hand canal. She's from the 821 organization. And I Am Worthy and uh, Paula Cafe, we are going to give them a check for 20,000 uh, rand. Do you know that in 140 countries around the world, there is human trafficking? But we want to be the solution to human trafficking. We want to stop human trafficking. We want to help human uh, canal and A21. So give her a big hand as we are going to bless her with a check of 20. Come, Cornell. We're going to stand here and then we're going to look at, he's going to give us a nice picture. Thank you. So on behalf of Paula and I'm worthy, we want to present 20,000 Rand. Go get them and bring those perpetrators to justice and we free the, the young men and women from slavery. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Thank you for standing. Uh, we, Father, into your presence we come, dear sir, to praise and to worship and to adore you. We do say this is the day that you have made and we rejoice and we be glad in it today. And Father, I thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you'll rise up big within me this morning, that you'll think through my mind, that you'll speak through my lips of claim. I declare that I'm a servant ready to be used by the Master. I thank you, Father, I will declare your word boldly, accurately, fearlessly. I thank you, Father, there will be a fresh anointing on your people today, a fresh anointing on me today. Thank you that fear will be dispelled, but faith will rise up in the hearts of your people. Father, you've called me to encourage the body of Christ. So today I thank you, Father, that they will be edified, they'll be motivated, they'll be exhorted. Father, that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them today. And so, Father, thank you that we are Christian Family Church. We're not only hearers of the word, but Father, we are doers of the word, and therefore we have good success in Jesus' name. And everybody's Amen. And you may be seated. Praise the Lord. The title of my message this morning is, What Will You Do With the Rest of Your Life? What will you do with the rest of your life? 
in November 2019, Apostle Thea and I got a call that one of the great generals in God's army has gone to be home with the Lord. And so we were invited to the small, intimate family and friends funeral. Of course, I'm talking about Reinhard Bonnke. Apostle Thea and I had known Reinhard Bonnke for many years. In fact, when we both started the ministry together, he lived in Boxburg, we lived in Bedford View, and for many nights we would gather together and have dinner and discuss ministry, and we were great friends. Apostle Thea and I used to go and visit him and Annie every year, once a year, in their home in Florida, right up to the day, the year that he died. But what amazed me about the funeral, what was so moving about the funeral, what struck me more than anything, that even at his funeral, his vision was clear. Africa shall be saved. Africa shall be saved. And that vision hasn't been lost today. On the right-hand side of the coffin, there was a beautiful bouquet of, of red roses. It was in the map of Africa. Even there on the side of his coffin, his love for Africa was shown. His vision was clear. Africa shall be saved. We were told at the funeral that he had led 79 million people to the Lord in his lifetime. I'm sure that when he got to heaven, Jesus welcomed him with open arms and said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Well, family, as we've crossed over the 2020 uh, we go into a brand new decade. There's a whole buzz about vision, isn't there? 2020 means in the natural clear vision. And, this, and I want to ask you the question today, what is your vision? I'm going to share a story with you, and I hope that it will inspire you to reach your dreams and to allow God to give you a very clear vision. In August 2009, on her 60th birthday, Diana Nyad was driving a car down the road and the poet Mary Oliver's question flooded her brain. The question was this, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Diana had to pull her car over to the side of the road. She sat there contemplating. She had already turned 60 and she knew that if you're 60 and above, you know there's less years ahead of you than behind you right? And she wanted to make sure that each little bit of her potential was tapped. Right there sitting in the car, she thought about a dream that she had. It was an impossible dream, but it was still very alive in her heart, even at the age of 60. The dream was to swim from Havana, Cuba to the shores of Key West, Florida. This swim was 110 miles. And she wanted to swim without a shark cage. Actually, Diana's story really begins when she was five years of age. You see her stepfather, Acris. He was a dramatic, larger-than-life, half-Greek and half-Egyptian gentleman. But he called her into his study, and said, his study and he said, Diana, darling, I've been waiting for this day. It's a very special day because I want to understand you to understand who you are. He opened a very big dictionary. He said, come, darling, look into the, the dictionary because you're going to see your family name is in the dictionary. And so she looked into the dictionary and he said, the name Nyad is in the dictionary. That's your family name. 
And he said the first definition of the Greek mythology means the nymphs that swim in the lakes and the oceans and the, the seas and the rivers and the nymphs, they swim to protect the oceans, the seas and the rivers and the lakes for their gods. Then he took a long, deep breath and he said, listen to me, my darling. This is the most important thing I'm going to tell you. It's significant. The word naiad in modern Greek mythology means a woman or a girl champion swimmer. That is your destiny, Diana. You're destined to be a champion swimmer. Well, Diana was only five years of age and she latched onto the words champion. She said when she heard that she was a champion, she put her head, she held it high, she put her shoulders back and she knew that she would be a champion someday. It was not long after she had got into school and she was in elementary years that the coach who was a, a professional swimmer, he was a Olympic swimmer. He was also the geography teacher. And he said to the girls, if you would like to get an A in your geography, well, come and join the swim team. Well, Diana wanted an A in her geography, so she joined the swim team. She was swimming up and down the, the pool, and the coach shouted out, hey, girl, what is your name? And she said, my name is Nyad. He said, you're going to be the best swimmer one day in the world. She joined the swim team. When she was 14 years of age, this coach violently molested her and molested her throughout her high school years. When she was 20, she heard about a marathon swim that was in the ocean. And she began to swim in the ocean. She started loving the ocean. She was the first woman to swim around Manhattan Island in New York in seven hours, 55 minutes, setting a new world record. She had found her love that was swimming in the ocean. Actually, if you read her, her book, she says she felt safe in the ocean. Just before she was 30 years of age, she swam from the Bahamas to Jupiter, Florida, in 27 hours and 38 minutes. It was a world record. She felt her career in swimming was complete. For most world-class athletes, 30 is the age that most move on to the next phase of their life. They hang up their boxing gloves or their, not their running shoes, but they hang up their bathing suits. But the vision and the dream to swim from Cuba to Florida was chasing her like unfinished business. You see, when she was nine years of age, she stood on the beach in Fort Lauderdale and she said to her mom, Mom! Where is Cuba? And her mother drew her close to her side and she says, Honey, if, you put my, if I put my arm out and stretch it out there, you can't touch it. But oh, Diana, it's so close you can almost swim to it. Right there she got a vision that one day she wanted to swim from Cuba to Florida. But let's go back now to Diana sitting in the car thinking about the rest of her life. She'd been out of water for 30 years, but she had kept herself fit. And so she decided that she was going to secretly swim in her friend's country club swimming pool. She started off slowly, and then she built up her stamina, and then she began to swim six, seven hours at a stretch. She started to gather a team around her, and she said she made the decision in her life that she was going to rekindle the dream. She was going to allow nothing to rattle her faith. 
She was going to allow nothing or anyone to rattle her faith. She had answered the poet Mary Oliver's question with the decision to go full throttle ahead with her wild and precious life. The vigorous training continued in order to get ready for this uh, swim. She had to swim four 15-hour swims back to back. This is a swim that most marathon swimmers will never do in their lifetime. You see, where she wanted to swim from Cuba to Florida, but in between that body of water, there is a raging river. It's the current that rages usually from the one side and it goes east, but she wanted to swim north. In 1978, when she was just 28, she decided she was going to give it a go, and she went to the Havana airport, um, harbor, and she had her shark cage on her, and as soon as she entered the water, she was attacked by jellyfish, eight-foot waves. They slammed her into the walls of her shark cage. The current, instead of taking her north, it took her east and took her almost to the coast of Texas, so they had to pull her out. So she was wildly off course, and so she had to abandon that dream. But now, it was 30 years later, and she picked up her dream. She was determined to fulfill her vision. The second time was in August 2011. This time she had an illuminated path that her team had developed, and it was a stream of LED lights that trailed off the support boat, and she would swim above it. They could not put lights in the water at night because when she swam at night, at night if they put lights all around, it would attract the predators and the sharks. And so she, listen, family, she had to follow the light in the night to see the path ahead of her. After many hours of swimming, she had an asthma attack, and she thought she was going to die, so that the team pulled her out of the ocean again. She didn't fulfill her dream. But don't think she was deterred just because she had an asthma attack and nearly died in the, in the ocean. Oh, no, six weeks later, she was in the water again. The weather was perfect. The water was, was great. However, when she began swimming through the night, she was swimming in the complete dark. Even though she was following her lighted path, she suddenly felt pain like she had never experienced in her life before. She felt like her body had been dipped in hot boiling oil. She said her body was on fire. She had been stung by a swarm of box jellyfish, the most venomous creatures in the ocean. It's almost a mythological creature. In fact, it's only the size of a sugar cube. It has 24 eyes and tentacles that are three foot long. But when that poison goes into your body, it can cause cardiovascular collapse. She froze in agony. Her medic that was in the boat jumped in the water to give her a shot, but he too was stung by the swarm of box jellyfish. They had to pull him out of the water, and he was fighting for her. His life, But Diana refused to get out of the water. She wanted to fulfill her vision and her dream. But the box jellyfish stung her again and again and again. And she almost lost unconsciousness and they pulled her out of the water. Her team begged her not to try again because this time they felt it was a near fatal swim. Diana, however, believed that she was a champion. Remember the words that her father spoke over her? Diana, you're going to be a champion swimmer. And she remembered that a champion never gives up. 
So on August the 18th, 2012, Diana made her fourth attempt. This time she swam 51 hours and she was repeatedly stung by the jellyfish. She had to abort this, this time because this uh, time because of a great tropical storm. There was lightning everywhere and the lightning was nearly coming close to the people who were in the kayaks who, who were in the two little kayaks next to her. And she was afraid that they would be struck by lightning. So they had to, again, give up for the fourth time. By the summer, everybody, including the scientists in her team, the endurance experts, the neurologists, the weather experts, and even a famous nutritionist from South Africa, his name is Tim Noakes. He said, it's inhumanly impossible, Diana. Don't try and do it. But Diana was convinced that each time she failed, she learned something. So she enlisted a lady by the name of Angel who was the world's foremost box jellyfish authority. And together, they produced a silicone mask for her face. And together, they produced kind of a wetsuit that was a protective gear that would protect her from the box jellyfish stings. Her slogan, if you read her book, her slogan is, find a way. Everybody say, I must find a way. Say, find a way. She refused to give up. She refused to give up on her vision, even though her team said, stop it, Diane. You're going to die in that water. It's treacherous. She just kept on saying, find a way. Her team included a, a group of marine scientists that dealt with the curious sharks. She said, I won't let anyone tell me that I can't touch the stars and I shall surely never get there if I don't keep on trying. As Thomas Edison says, our greatest weakness is giving up. The most certain way to success, family, is to try one more time. So attempt number five was inevitable. This time, there was a great storm at sea. But she started swimming and swimming, and she started hallucinating. She thought she saw the Taj Mahal. But her, her team said, keep on swimming, Diana, through the Taj Mahal. She said, I see the yellow brick road. They said, well, follow the yellow brick road. She started hallucinating, but she wasn't going to give up on her swim. This time, miraculously, it was her fifth time, there were no sharks anywhere around. And couldn't you believe it? This time on the fifth attempt, instead of that raging current going east, the raging current turned north and supernaturally carried her in record time to her destination. In fact, the navigation team calculated that the swim would take three or four nights. I'm talking about swimming through the day, one day, one night, two days, two nights, three days, three nights, four days, four nights. But with the current carrying her, she swam 110 miles to the shores of Keys West, Florida in just 53 hours. At two in the afternoon, Diane Nyad, stumbled through the shallow waters onto land and there were hundreds of people waiting to cheer her and congratulate her. She raised her hands to the crowd and she said, you are never too old to chase your dreams. You are never too old to chase your dreams. And then she said, I didn't do it on my own. We did it. We are a team. You see, family, we can never do anything on our own. 
We have to be in a team. It's an incredible story. It's a story of a woman who's a champion, a woman who refused to give up. And I believe today that you and I, we are going to refuse to give up the dream that God has put in our heart. We're going to pick it up. We're going to fulfill the gifts and the talents and the destiny that God has put in our lives. I hope we can be inspired today to hold on to the dream that God has given us. But Diane's real story actually began, as you know, when she was five years old, when her father spoke words of life over her and said, you are destined to become a world champion swimmer. And she held on to those words. And the Bible talks us about the tremendous power of words, both good and evil, for blessing and for cursing. We know that Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We also know that Proverbs 12, 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And it's absolutely true that negative words spoken over us as a child or even an adult has the power to affect our lives negatively if we allow them to. But you might have been cursed as a child. You might have been cursed by your parents, your teachers, or even a family member. You might have been told you weren't wanted, you weren't planned, you're not clever, you're stupid, you'll never make it, you're dumber than dumber, and you'll never amount to anything. You might have been told over your life that you're a failure, you're not loved, you never were loved. When words like this are spoken over us, as children or even adults, it is a curse, family. It is diabolical. But James says the tongue is unruly and evil. It's full of deadly poison. But the good news is, my precious family, when we are born again by the Spirit of God, we have the authority to break the curses of our lives. And now we have the opportunity to renew our minds and to believe what the Heavenly Father says in His Word about us. But my precious family, the choice to renew our minds is up to us. We have to renew our minds by the Word of God. And it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, but we have to read the Word of God. We have to believe the Word of God. We have to declare the Word of God. We have got to say, when they say, we don't care who you are, you were never loved, you are never wanted, you have to say with your mouth to yourself over and over and over, I am God's very own child. We've got to say, God loves me with an everlasting love. When they say nobody is on your side, you are on your own, I'm not going to help you, then you've got to say to yourself, the Lord is on my side and I will not fear. And if God is for us, family, who can be against us? And God wants us to see ourselves as He sees us. How does He see us? He sees us as righteous. He sees us as holy. He sees us as beloved, loved of God. He sees us with a plan and a destiny. Before we were even in our mother's womb, He's written a book about us. We've got a plan and it's a good plan. It's for our future. He has given us the divine nature. He has given us the opportunity to walk in love and forgiveness. And He's given us the power and authority to use the name of Jesus. Luke 10, 19 says, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Say this, all the power of the enemy. I will overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing. Say nothing, including the coronavirus. Yes. 
will harm me in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, my precious family, when we believe the word of God, it's going to change us into champions because do you know that you have got a champion DNA inside of you? You were created to be a champion. You were created to be a winner. You were not created to be a loser. You were not created to be a family, a failure, but we've got to choose to take our heavenly Father's words and believe what He says about us. And then when we believe what He says about us, we too will start acting like champions in this world. Remember, when Diana was just nine years of age, she stood on the beach of Florida and she said, Mom, where is Cuba? And her mom held her close and put her hand on and said, Cuba, you can't see it, but if you look at the end of my hand, it's there. You can't see it, but it's close enough. You can almost swim there. Right then, nine years of age, her mother gave her clear-cut vision. The clear-cut vision was, I'm going to swim from Havana, Cuba, all the way to the shores of Key West, Florida. That was her vision. What does Proverbs 29, 18 says? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Basically, people without a vision, without a purpose in life, they perish. Helen Keller once said when she was asked, what would be worse than being blind? To which she replied, having sight without a vision. What an amazing statement from a girl who at the age of two, because of an illness, she went deaf and blind. Yet through her struggles and her challenges and her frustrations and her tantrums, Helen became the first deaf and blind woman to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. Her vision was to help people with disabilities, to overcome them, and she did. And God will always give us a vision, and then he's going to supersize the vision, and then he's going to enlarge a vision, just like Jabez says, enlarge my border, and God is going to enlarge your vision. He's going to supersize your vision, and our dreams should be almost impossible. Our dreams should stretch us. Our dreams should challenge us. Our dreams should force us to grow. We don't need God's help with a tiny little vision and a tiny little dream. So come on, family, let us believe for big things from God this year. God has, Diana had a clear-cut vision, a dream in her heart which was almost impossible. What is the dream in your heart? What is the vision in your heart? Is it almost impossible? Our Creator didn't put us on the earth to be losers. He didn't put dreams in our hearts to discourage us. But God intended us to be winners, to use the talents and abilities that He's given us to overcome every situation and to become all that He has destined us to become. And if you're not sure, family, about what your vision is, then my, my suggestion to you today is go to Growth Track. If you go to Growth Track, they will help you get a clear-cut vision from God. So go to Growth Track if you haven't known your clear-cut vision and go to Growth Track anyway. But as we look at Diane's story of success, we can see that it didn't come without a huge amount of difficulties and disappointments and challenges. She was molested by her stepfather at the age of 11. 
She was molested by her swimming coach until she left high school. She failed four times trying to cross the most difficult body of water in all the earth. She went through long hours of vigorous training. She had sharks to contend with, tropical storms and lightning. She continually vomited as she swam because she kept on drinking and salt water showed she was losing calories and, and vomiting. She was dehydrated. She had to go many Many hours lonely by herself in the water. She went through hallucinations. She was stung numerous times by the box jellyfish that they called seizures. She felt paralysis. She could hardly breathe at one time. She went unconscious. She nearly died. And after the first four attempts, her team said to stop, Diana. You nearly died out there. But listen, family, her assignment had become her obsession. Her assignment had become her obsession. And I want to ask you this day, what is your assignment? Is it your obsession? Do you wake up in the morning and say, this is what God created me to do and to fulfill? One thing I do know that Africa shall be saved because that is the assignment from God. Africa shall be saved. And I know that this church is going to grow and multiply and we'll win souls and, and, and disciple people. I know that I wake up in the morning and I know that I can do nothing else but preach until the day I die because that is my assignment. I'm never going to hang up my Bible or my book and say I'm done for. No, because it's my obsession because that's the assignment. And I want to ask you today, what is your obsession? What is your assignment? She told herself, Diana, she said, I will find a way. Here's a woman with unshakable faith, and she is not even a Christian, but I've been praying for her. She has unshakable determination to accomplish her dream in spite of horrendous difficulties and huge disappointments. She kept on saying to herself, Diana, you can do this and you will do this. You can do this and you will do this. You can do this and you will do this. Find a way to succeed. And family, that's you and I. We will find a way to succeed. We can do this. We will do this. We can do this. We will do this because we've got God on our side. She said she never wasted her time with any anger or self-pity. She just kept on saying, I can do this. And family, I'm saying to you today, we can do this. Whatever God has put on our heart, we can do this. We will overcome. We will have victory in Jesus' name. And she says when it comes to the most daring of all earth expeditions, success always boils down to four factors. And if you're taking notes, I'd like you to write down these four factors. Number one, she said, physical preparation and training. And family, it's the same with us. It is spiritual to be fit. I get a one amen. <laughs> it's spiritual to be fit. You know why? How many amazing men and women of God never exercise, never look after their body and go home early and do not finish their race. So family, we got to physically be fit. If at least you can walk and watch what we eat and have a lot of oranges. That'll give you your vitamin C. And training We've got to be trained. We've got to go to Bible school. We've got to go to growth track. We've got to go on, on become part of the dream team. We've got to be trained in whatever we're going to do and succeed in life. Number two, she said, know everything possible about the elements and the obstacles because knowledge is power. And it's the same with us, family. We have to know that we have an enemy and his name is the devil. 
and he will oppose us every inch of the way. We know he'll bring disappointments, he'll bring challenges, he'll bring mountains, he'll, he'll bring valleys, he'll bring wilderness times, he'll use our friends and our families and those close to us to discourage us. But we know that we have to overcome the enemy each and every time. And knowledge is power. And it's knowledge of the Word of God that is powerful that will help us overcome. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms. But we must decide, family, it is our responsibility, it is our personal responsibility to decide that we will fight back. When the enemy comes in one way, we're going to fight back in the name of Jesus. We're going to get a backbone instead of a wishbone, and we're going to speak the Word of God, and we're going to overcome each and every time in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Yes, we do have an enemy, but we will overcome in Jesus' name. Number three, she says, surround yourselves with brilliant and honorable people, people with integrity, people who will encourage you. We are not an island family. We will never achieve anything that God has given to us or put in our hearts as an individual. We must be part of a team. My husband is the head of the team. I'm in the team. We are all in the team. If you're in church life, you need to be in a fellowship group. You need to join the dream team. You need to go to growth track. We need to be involved somewhere in church life. We'll never grow if we do it as an individual. As she said, we've got to surround ourselves with men and women of integrity. Number four, she said, you've got to have unshakable faith. She says you've got to refuse to accept limitations and mediocrity. And that's what we've got to develop. Unshakable faith, of course, not in ourselves, but in the living God who is a supernatural God. We've got to believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things not in our strength, but in the supernatural God that lives in us. And God has unlimited power. Glory to God. And there are two little things that I want to share as I close today. Number one. At night, she had to follow the string of LED lights. She had to follow the light at night. And during our lifetime, we need to follow Jesus as the light of the world. During our difficult time, our dark time, our wilderness times, our discouraging times, we need to follow Jesus and He will lead us to victory. Without the LED lights guiding her through the night, she would not have known which direction to swim. And we will go off course in our life if we don't allow Jesus to guide us. Lastly, despite all the failures, all the naysayers, she tried one more time. Family, she made it on the fifth attempt. And I want to say to you, don't allow your past failures, your challenges and your disappointments to steal your vision. Don't allow someone who treated you Badly, five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, two years ago, as permission to give up on your dreams, you must remember God is still in control. It was on the fifth attempt that that huge current that usually goes eats supernaturally turned and carried her to victory. And this is exactly what will happen to us, family, when we start resting in the promises of God. When we allow the precious Holy Spirit to carry us supernaturally to victory, 
when we allow God to take complete control of our lives. And I want to ask you, allow Him to do something new in your life as we yield ourselves completely to Him. He will accelerate our dreams. He's going to accelerate our driven, our vision. He's going to give back to us what the devil has stolen. He's going to transform our dreams and visions into something way beyond our imagination. Oh, family, I've got good news for you. The best is yet to come. When Diane said, find a way, but oh, family, we serve the way may come. Where there's no way, he will make a way where there is no way because we serve the way maker. And I want to ask you the same question that Mary Oliver asked in her poem. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.